back to another episode of Take Backer Tech. I hope your day is filled with excitement and inspiration and you are carrying on doing what you need to do. Today we've got another inspiring episode of our, uh, of our, <laughs> of our show. Uh, we have a really exciting character on, someone who's been a part of the community for a long time and has been supporting in a lot of ways, including supporting the wider community to actually build a piece of their own economy, something that is uh, so truly important to us all, and that is the search engine, right? Um, it's hard to estimate how many searches are made a day. Some people estimate it's over a trillion. Um, it's hard to get those numbers from the biggest search players, but you know, when we want to learn about something on the, on the internet, that's the first thing we go to, we search something. And unfortunately, the, bigger, the biggest search players use their power to control the results. Um, they're more money focused. And for that reason, the entire internet has changed with optimizing for uh, not, not the knowledge that we need, but just ranking up in these algorithms, which of course are not transparent. Um, there, are, there are legitimate sites with legitimate information that are constantly getting censored. So the search engine is incredibly important, and today I'm happy to bring on a project that is helping us take back our power, take back our tech in that space by making the search engine decentralized. And that project is FreeSearch. Um, they have been helping with the Greater Reset, our conference coming up. They've helped sponsored it very graciously, so we're thankful for that. And uh, yeah, without further ado, I'd like to bring on Colin Pape, CEO of FreeSearch. Hey, Ramiro. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you for all the hard work you've been doing. It's, it's really, I've been watching your development cycle and it's nonstop and that takes a lot of dedication. And the numbers that y'all have been bringing in is people, you know, this is really taking storm. I think, what was it, uh, 4 million searches a day now? Yep, that's right. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely tremendous. And, you know, I always like to start these interviews assuming that, you know, we don't know anything about pre-search. And I'd love to just hear from you, you know, um, if you want to give a quick introduction of yourself, too, that's that's totally on board. And uh, just tell us, what is pre-search? Absolutely. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, great to connect with uh, with the audience. And, and yeah, certainly grateful for everybody's support. Uh, the, the freedom community and the uh, alternative to big tech community has, has been really the key drivers of, of pre-search. So uh, I really appreciate uh, everybody uh, utilizing pre-search already. For, for those who aren't familiar, uh, at pre-search, we're building a decentralized community-driven search engine. Uh, as Ramiro said, uh, search is really one of those key uh, utilities on the internet and, and one of the ways that uh, we all access information and also it, it's kind of one of those key censorship tools that some of the power that be uh, utilize to shape narratives and to direct people to uh, different uh, in information maybe uh, supports some of the things that uh, they uh, feel is important and uh, so so with pre-search uh, ultimately the vision is to provide uh, more of kind of a, a you know utility uh, that uh, is kind of a common good that is really uh, something that we, we ultimately uh, hold to a, a higher standard than a typical corporate search engine. And uh, you know we're putting in place all the different uh, mechanisms, uh, community governance, and uh, ultimately uh, you know uh, an independent, decentralized index of uh, the world's information that's that's uh, online and uh, different ways that people can participate within the ecosystem to ensure that uh, the algorithms and the, the different uh, systems that are providing access to that information are really aligned with uh, the community's interests. And uh, so it's, it's certainly it's a long term project, but uh, we do have uh, a lot of usage and a lot of traction so far and uh, a lot of uh, great things are happening. Uh, currently powered by about 70,000 uh, independent uh, nodes, which are, are kind of community operated uh, uh, software uh, 
uh, instances that are uh, helping to uh, pr provide that information or accessing when they search through pre-search. Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to bring up the pre-search network on stream because I know this is uh, pretty recent. Yeah, um, let me see if I can get this up. So like Colin said, 70,000 nodes all across the world. Wow, um, I'm blown away with how many are in Europe. That's awesome. Yeah, so you could go to network.presearch.com and see that, hey, this is, this is a search engine that you can help contribute to with your computer at home. And we have a pre-search node running as part of our, you know, of our infrastructure of Take Factory Tech. Oh man, it was so easy to install. Just install Docker, you uh, run the command to build the pre-search image. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll do a video on how to set that up. I know there's a lot of helpful documentation on the site. But yeah, this is how we start taking back the internet. So yeah, that's uh, super amazing. And um, I do want to go back to, uh, I was doing like trying to figure out, uh, learn more about researchers history and where this all started. And I really love like an underdog story. Um, and I also know that that's kind of how research was founded, right? Something to do with a, a project called Shop City. Do you want, do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So kind of the, the genesis for, for Shop City uh, was in my hometown, Midland, Ontario, Canada. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I grew up in an entrepreneurial background. My parents had uh, a small business and uh, around kind of the, you know, turn of, of you know, 99, 2000, uh, big box stores started kind of in, invading the local economy. And uh, a lot of the business owners were really concerned and uh, uh, me being a, a product of that environment uh, really wanted to uh, do what I, I could to ensure that uh, small local business and, and kind of the independent economies uh, continued to thrive. And so looked at how the Internet could be utilized uh, to kind of level the, the playing field and uh, essentially build almost like a co-op marketing uh, type campaign and, and website that would have all the local business content. So started shopmidland.com and uh, got a lot of the, the local businesses on board, just providing that uh, information uh, hub and, and resource so that people could find out what was available to them in and uh, again, kind of bring people together type campaign uh, to, to fight against the big guys. And, uh, uh, so that project ended up evolving just one community. We ended up uh, securing a whole bunch of different domain names and building out a model where a local entrepreneur could take the Shop City platform and model and, and run it in their own community, uh, kind of according to their own ground rules. And uh, so, so that is is a, a long term project that uh, I've been running for over twenty years now. And uh, back in around two thousand eleven, had just this this weird incident where all of a sudden, uh, you know, 80 plus percent of our Google traffic went away. Uh, you could search for sites like shopmidland.com by brand on Google, and they would show up on page eight, uh, tried to uh, figure out what was going on and uh, getting, you know, Google's help to resolve the issue. And uh, we were unsuccessful, we just kind of realized how much of a black box it was and really how much control Google had over uh, the internet and people's access to information. And, uh, you know, in the process of going through this uh, uh, campaign, which, you know, we, we ultimately, uh, lawyer who was involved in an FTC investigation, and there was just all this stuff that we were able to kind of fortunately piggyback on to get uh, to the, the top levels of Google and end up getting our, our personal issue uh, resolved, but uh, you know, we saw that just thousands of you know small businesses and entrepreneurs and different communities basically been kind of you know just blacklisted from Google and and overnight basically uh, disappeared, and uh, that there was really no uh, resolution process for that to to happen, and so it just started you know the wheels turning of of thinking of you know hey. It, this is such an important thing, uh, search. You know, we really do need something that uh, does have just, a, you know, more transparency, more interaction and engagement with community members, more ability for people to participate in the process and uh, just, uh, you know, uh, not your typical 
big tech uh, search engine. And so that was kind of the 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 genesis for for the need for pre-search and then uh, built a prototype for uh, a, a version that, you know, just basically kind of searched, uh, uh, enabled you to search Google, enabled you to search all different search engines and kind of have this level playing field of like a federated search field, basically, where you could easily redirect your, your query into different uh, search resources. And uh, then in 2017, I discovered Ethereum and realized that we could uh, utilize uh, blockchain technology and cryptocurrency to kind of bring together all the different participants within uh, a search ecosystem and, and have kind of that go-to-market strategy uh, to reward people uh, for shifting their searches uh, out of Google uh, into a new uh, search engine. And then, yeah, kind of the ultimate uh, uh, impact that I hope is, is achieved is that we do have kind of this parallel uh, economy. And, you know, if, if Google has been captured and uh, a lot of the big tech uh, uh, projects, I mean, uh, it's interesting what's happened with Twitter. It seems to like have maybe escaped the clutches of, uh, of capture, hopefully, uh, through, through a, a buyout, but, uh, you know, I don't see something like that happening for uh, all these uh, these other big tech platforms as well. And so if those are captured, uh, is there a way that we can uh, have independent uh, search engine that enables people to access, you know, the full breadth of information, not just that which, uh, uh, you know, the powers that be want us to have access to. And then ultimately, if there can be, you know, kind of a, an advertising or, uh, marketing uh, channel within uh, that platform that that people who are aligned with kind of that parallel economy can take advantage of to uh, get traffic and awareness and and build you know uh, alternative businesses that can provide uh, the products and services that people need as they're escaping kind of that legacy you know social credit. Uh, uh, who knows what dystopian economy might be arising. And operate in one that's you know more uh, human uh, oriented and uh, not uh, uh, you know World Economic Forum controlled. So I'll put my my queries down on on a search engine like that. And um, yeah, wow, what what an origin story. I think it's uh, really interesting that what you were trying to do back then when you started Shop City is exactly what we should still be trying to do today is make it easier to connect with uh, the people in our localities, you know, the, the entrepreneurs and try and support local businesses, uh, shorten the distance between us and the world that surrounds it, right? And I think that um, it, it's pretty uh, insidious the way that a search engine can step in and make it hard. Maybe, you know, I'm not sure the reason why they deranked um, local businesses and Shop City, which, by the way, there are Shop City pages out there. I was looking at Shop City Palo Alto, and um, there's no reason to de there's no reason at all to derank the page. I think what they uh, originally what they said was that it's not original content, but that's it's the the page is a like a link to other businesses, you know. So it doesn't need to be that original. Um, anyways, Google's arbitrary reasons for shutting it down. I just thought that wow, this is powerful, and we need a page like this for every city in the world. Um, so, uh, I guess, is this the place to put feature requests? No, I'm just no. <laughs> yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> like, how cool would it be if um, you could list your business on pre-search and you would have a city for every business and then, you know, you could literally just click a drop down and put your city and anyone who's put their uh, city on there would, would show up. I think that more solutions like that is what we need. I know there are solutions like, uh, you know, people, luckily people are starting to do this themselves. They're starting to find uh, businesses that are uh, never went along with the mandates um, or supportive of, uh, supportive of individual liberty that are trying to do things that are helpful for us and helpful to us. So um, finding those and putting those on a map using something like Fossil, Fossil Map, which is you know, based on OpenStreetMaps, is something I've seen. And also, I know that y'all are capable at whatever you do. So if you created something like this inside of PreSearch, I think it'd be very well received, and I would definitely use it every day more than I do currently. Um, so yeah, that's awesome to get the full history behind pre-search. You mentioned a lot of stuff, and uh, the first thing I want to talk about is, um, so you found Ethereum, and um, uh, you found that there was a model for 
there's a business model, and then also you could pay people to search, which I think is super awesome that you're one of the only search engines to do that. Can you tell me more a little bit about how the cryptocurrency and the search engine work together to create this ecosystem? Yeah, totally. So uh, we, you know, are ultimately striving to get to this model where it's it's kind of a value for value type model. So uh, obviously, those who are are utilizing uh, pre-search as a, a search engine, uh, and they're you know bringing their attention and kind of their economic value uh, into the ecosystem. You know, there's there's an opportunity for them to be. Uh, rewarded. It's currently like, you know, as you run a search, you're getting like a 0.1 uh, pre tokens, essentially, but uh, we're looking at some different models where you could like, you know, uh, stake tokens and, and kind of like prove uh, uh, economic value and, and increase the uh, number of, of uh, rewards that you receive relative to, you know, somebody that could potentially be a bot or something like that. And we've got kind of all those uh, anti-bot systems and stuff in, in place already. But um, uh, and then there's there's kind of all the the other uh, uh, contributors to the ecosystem uh, ultimately as well. So it could be subject matter experts who are helping to curate information or could be people that are, are you know, uh, data science experts who are helping to contribute algorithms. Uh, obviously, node operators who are uh, contributing computing resources and helping to uh, actually power the, the network and uh, uh, you know bring in results uh, that people receive when they run searches, uh, but but could be you know somebody who's got a, a new UI or or user experience that uh, uh, could help improve the uh, pre-search. Uh, kind of, you know, relevance or, or just that, that experience that people uh, receive. And so all those people who are, are kind of participating in the, the ecosystem uh, have an opportunity to be rewarded. And so we're, we're kind of building this like coordination market almost is really more what it is. And, and you know, uh, it, it's, it's still, you know, there, there's uh, lots of elements of centralization as far as, you know, there's a core team that's driving a lot of things. But ultimately, we're trying to get to a point where the community can kind of scratch its own itches and identify its own itches and say, hey, you know, we want something like this, this type of feature and, and you know, put out uh, a, a bounty opportunity. And, you know, the more people that want that type of feature could contribute into that bounty which then incentivizes, you know, whether it's a developer or, or data science team to, you know, solve that, that problem. And so uh, that's kind of the, the ultimate long-term vision that we're, we're working towards. And, uh, you know, we believe that just uh, the, the, the power of the many is uh, ultimately, uh, you know, much, much greater than the, the power of the few. And if you think about Google, they're influencing really, I mean, 92% of searches go through Google currently. Uh, that's billions and billions of people and trillions of searches. And, uh, you know, even though Google has over 100,000 employees, it might be only, you know, five to 10,000 that actually work on search. So we've got five to 10,000 people that are completely influencing the access to information that, that people have. And we're, we're seeing now through kind of this, uh, the Twitter files, the, this expose that has been done since uh, Elon has purchased uh, Twitter, and we're seeing a lot of uh, examples of, of kind of the backdoor uh, uh, you know, control and, and influence that's being exerted by uh, the powers that be. And uh, uh, you can imagine that going on in search as well. And so if we can create, uh, you know, an, an environment where that is very difficult or, or, you know, it's easy to identify when it's happening. And there are ways that uh, ultimately, you know, we, we think of Bill, uh, Google as like this, this vanilla search where, you know, it doesn't matter what, actually like you're getting vanilla and we're all using the yeah. same index. We're all using kind of this, this same, well, maybe they're just, just like, there should be multiple, you know, uh, sites for different local communities, maybe there should be multiple indexes, there should be multiple UIs, multiple sets of defaults that uh, people are able to access. And, and you know, if there's a way where we can build kind of this this common framework that, that can uh, provide, you know, leverage and economies of scale 
for those who who are you know building on top of it but not ultimately have like this one single search engine uh that that i think is a, a much better model same as like having many different independent local economies and many different currencies uh that that was really my introduction originally into crypto was was uh you know exploring uh alternative local currencies uh, because that to me is ultimately how we can take what from the federal reserve and the, the central banks and so uh i don't think it's you know one currency to rule them all one search engine to rule them all all those kinds of th models i think are, are are hopefully near their end of life and we're going more into the the future where there are many many different uh, alternatives that uh, people can uh, choose to support and and that kind of uh, you know competition and and choice is what ultimately uh, you know holds people accountable and ensures that we don't have this same type of domination that we've had for the past 20 years with the rise of big tech yeah yeah I think that's spot on and um... It's true. I mean, I think I just want to point out how much I admire the philosophy you have, even though you have, you know, this is your business, you know, this is your living, creating the search engine, but you are humble enough to let the community stand up and speak for itself. And I think that takes a, a lot of coordination and, you know, the intention to be interoperable. And um, maybe there is some way that we can create a transparent protocol for search that other people can also set up their own um, search engines and, and servers. Um, I do want to call attention to one thing which is super important, which is like the decentralized search engine, uh, the search index. As I understand it right now, uh, pre-search and other alternative search engines for that matter, are uh, they, we have this reliance on um, Google, Bing, and these big players because they have, uh, they're the ones who actually build the search indexes. So I'd love to hear from you. Uh, maybe you could talk to us why, you know, why that's such a critical part of it, um, how it works, and then how a company like Presearch or an organization might start to create their own index. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I mean, like, there, there's a couple of key things with search engines. So, um, the 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 one thing is, uh, so so there's there's kind of like sh what what is known as short tail searches and long tail searches. So a short tail search is something where there are many, many searches for that term. And, uh, you know, there, there are only a certain number of those words. Let's say it's, you know, your top 100,000 or 250,000 terms, and there's a whole lot of search volume. But then you've got this long tail, which is uh, things where, you know, man, there might only be one search a month or five searches a month, whatever, for that term. But there are you know, millions and millions or billions of those different uh, terms. And uh, so, you know, doing a short tail index is much easier index because with, with a long tail index, you have to be able to provide uh, a relevant result for, for like anything. And uh, even though, you know, Google's been around for over 20 years and 92% uh, market share, it, there's still a really significant uh, percentage of queries like, you know, it might be uh, five to 10% of queries uh, Google has actually never seen before. They're unique combinations of terms and uh, different variables that, that people are looking for. And so when you have that, that kind of um, need to provide relevance across to something that is so broad, it's very challenging and it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of information and there's a lot of uh, need to kind of determine meaning from uh, kind of very limited information, uh, let's say. And uh, you might have to repeat that in a second. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you've got really with the long tail and, and these uh, short tail uh, indexes with, with the long tail index, uh, it's something that is, uh, you know, it's, it's very challenging to uh, provide a relevant result uh, across just about any type of term that somebody might look for. And when somebody runs a search, if a search engine doesn't have a good result, uh, then people start to lose, lose trust. And Google spent, you know, let's say the first 10 years of its life building trust and, and making people believe that, oh, wow, they've got an answer for anything. I can ask them anything and they're going to give me high quality results. 
And then over the past, you know, 10 to 12 years, I think they've kind of been uh, living off of that goodwill and, and the result quality has actually started to uh, decline because of the number of ads that they have and some of the censorship and filtering that's that's going on. Uh, but there's there is still kind of this underlying trust and there's this belief that people have that oh well Google you know has a, a you know really smart search engine and it's going to provide me with with some high quality results and and so when you're building an index you need to have that uh, that quality basically from day one it's not something where you can say oh I'm going to build that quality over ten years it's it's like you know, people won't give you a second chance or a third chance or a 50th chance if they search and they, you know, are getting something, oh, sorry, we don't have results or, oh, sorry, these results are garbage. And so that's why there's there's really uh, only, you know, a, a handful of existing full search indexes where you, you've got Google, Bing, and then you've got Yandex, which is, you know, uh, based in Russia. And, and, you know, they've got like almost as good of a, a, a full index as uh, the, the other two. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, it's, it's very challenging. And they have all spent billions of dollars building this, this long tail index. And it's, it's like a living system. It's something that needs to constantly be updated. It's not like you can build it once and then uh, you, you're set. It's like you've got to build out this apparatus that can go out and constantly be scouring the web and making sure that the, those web pages are still active or if there's a new, better uh, alternative, finding that one and, and you know, reordering uh, the results that uh, 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 the results are being returned in. And so uh, it's it's you know, super challenging. And so the approach that we have taken is basically leverage those existing uh, search indexes, build out this node-based system that uh, users can contribute their uh, computing resources. Uh, and then those nodes can essentially go out to those existing search engines and, and indexes and databases and APIs and have like a Google quality uh, uh, you know, search index because you know they're powering some of uh, the, those queries on the back end, and then as we have that you know quality, then we can start layering in uh, an independent index that is is focused on those short tail keywords. So generally, it's things that are just you know really common searches, uh, or it might be things that are kind of like timely, time sensitive uh, information, and some of those now can be handled through APIs because a lot of that content is being created through things like Twitter and other social networks. And uh, so, so, you know, starting to tackle those short tail ones and then ultimately building out that infrastructure so that you can have uh, a, a fully decentralized uh, uh, long tail index. And so that's going to be a term project where we're working on uh, a protocol to enable that to uh, happen and uh, contribute their resources to uh, make this happen. Um, I don't know if I'm still here or not. Looked like it worked out for a quick sec, sorry. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it is going to take some time. And uh, we're trying to do it in a way as well where it's using like, you know, IPFS and, and some uh, decentralized uh, hosting many copies of this information and uh, uh, that community members should be able to actively participate in uh, not just kind of the, the you know, uh, capture of this information through a, a, a web crawler and, you know, indexing and, and sorting out relevance, but providing kind of that underlying hosting of of information so that it it is something that you know there is no central uh point of failure it's not like oh we're gonna you know take down the data center and now the the, the search engine no longer works it's like oh you would need to take out a hundred or a thousand copies of you know each shard of of the network of which there are millions uh and uh it, it becomes something then that is is essentially you know kind of unstoppable 
and uh, something that becomes very difficult to censor. And uh, so, so that's, you know, kind of where we're at currently and, and ultimately how we see it evolving. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, and I see that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to see that evolve. And um, yeah, as soon as uh, we get that search crawler, the web crawler functionality, I don't know if, uh, if anyone who's watching, if you've ever run your website, you see, um, you know, Google, Google crawler, or Bing crawler, and you're like, Ugh, like, you know, go away. I would much rather see a pre-search crawler and be like, all right, yeah. come on, in, you know, get the, here's the site map. Um, so that's it. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, exactly. Like, you know, is there a way to enable webmasters to, to, you know, even like through the token, like build some type of a, a trusted relationship where, you know, it can be more in, in partnership. And I mean, that that's kind of like the, the ironic thing to, to some degree about like, you know, so, so for, currently accessing, uh, you know, some of, of Google's information uh, in a similar way that they have done to everybody else, uh, basically, for the past 20 years, we'll, we'll have people say, oh, well, you know, how how's that going to work? And won't they stop it? It's like, well, there's they, they, they really have no moral high ground. And so ultimately, you know, uh, it's it's it becomes something like if we have 70,000 user nodes and, and millions of users, uh, and uh, they choose to, you know, try to stop that from, from happening, it becomes kind of that, that black eye in the press, uh, which was basically what we leveraged with, with Shop City, honestly. Like, we, we partnered with the, the, the lawyer that was doing the FTC investigation, but ultimately, what got uh, Google to kind of relent with their penalty against Shop City was this bad press that they were they were getting and it wasn't because they had blocked us it was because they had blocked shoppaloalto.com and shopmountainview.com and some of the sites that are are based in silicon valley that were being run with the local city governments and the uh chambers of commerce and and you know powered by all these independent local businesses and so when when google was blocking you know shop city who they may view as a competitor, they may not like it, and they may want it to be shut down. Uh, it wasn't just them. It was all the network of partners kind of behind them. And that is, is something that was pressworthy and something that they realized did not jive with their, you know, don't be evil uh, mantra. And so ultimately, they were like, eh, okay, sorry, we're going to have to fix this. And they, and they did. And so we see the same kind of thing happening here with, with pre-search and if we can rally that, you know, large enough uh, group of users uh, and uh, it, it just provides strength in numbers, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a funny, that's a funny motto they have. And, you know, I think we'll look at some stuff in a second and be like, all right, are you guys really acting by your motto? Of course they, they changed that. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, what a what a super inspiring story. This is why we bundle pre-search with the above phone. Um, awesome. You know, after this interview too, I, I feel I feel even more excited about it, and I will be pushing people to use it more and more because, you know, it is it is this collective participation as you were discussing. We need to put our energies into projects that are actually supporting us, not ones that are trying to control the way we think and what we say and how we feel. Um, so yeah, Colin, thank you again for doing the incredibly challenging work um, and uh, yeah, paving the way. Um, I do, you know, I think the last topic that I want to talk about, and of course I'll leave the floor to you if you wanted to say something else before we get into kind of like local or uh, current events, is um, been reading about the development update. And one of the things I appreciate is that y'all are actually taking um, uh, contributions from members of your community. And they're they're putting out really big features. Um, there is a there's a few several uh, there's a few new features rolled out in the latest development update, including a currency converter package, and um, a a news package. So uh, yeah, I mean I'd I'd love to hear like uh, kind of your relationship with the the research development community and how how that works. You know how uh, you mentioned earlier how you know there's could be a bounty for features and kind of how these organically came up. Yeah, so uh, one of the, the key kind of uh, tools right now for, for the community to 
uh, be involved in the project uh, is something that we call community packages. You can go onto the, the pre-search uh, GitHub account and, and see how it works if you're technically uh, inclined. But it's, it's basically a way that uh, you can kind of trigger at the top of the search results, kind of like a knowledge panel. So if you do a search for like Bitcoin, you'll see the uh, crypto community package. Uh, that that's you know one of the most used ones, uh, but uh, essentially you can trigger them uh, for you know just about any keyword or kind of a, a schema uh, for for a query. So the the currency one, for instance, it it you know it would be like a uh, thousand uh, USD to uh, BTC, and and it's kind of looking for those key things like a number and then two different currencies, and if it sees those then it, it will trigger this package. And then the package basically can take that information as an input and then feed it into uh, that, that package and, and return back uh, the results at the, the very top of uh, the pre-search results. And so we've, we've had, yeah, community members basically building almost all these community packages. Some of the ones that have just gone live, there's like a, a pre-search news one. So somebody just uh, in the comments, we do like a weekly uh, AMA and kind of community update. And somebody was like, hey, I'm finding it really hard to, you know, get, and, and, I, and I want to use Odyssey instead of YouTube. I'm finding it hard to get uh, the, the pre-search weekly updates. And uh, one of the, the community members kind of connected the dots and, and built out then a package so that if you can pre-search news, it will basically go find all the latest updates uh, from, from pre-search and it will pull in, uh, you know, all the videos and everything that we've been outputting. Uh, so you'd have to actually put in pre-search news to, to get it going. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and then it pulls in Odyssey. And so it's, it's, you know, promoting Odyssey over YouTube. And so you can imagine like, like that could be built for uh, anything really. And, and so, uh, you know, the, the one that you were just searching for just news, well, maybe we could, you know, community member could go build something using this exact same framework. This would now be public. You could see how this works. And they're basically kind of basically filtering to a couple of different channels, you know, uh, Odyssey, YouTube, uh, the, the, the pre-search blog. Uh, you could kind of do that for uh, a whole bunch of different things. And so uh, it's it's really neat just to see how people are, are starting to uh, do those pull requests and, uh, uh, submit to us, yeah, you know, hey, here's an improved currency converter, or, uh, you know, here's uh, uh, updates or crypto information or any of the different things. Uh, somebody just uh, built out a, a flight package, so you can type in like a flight number, and it'll now give you all the status uh, for it. And, and, and that ultimately is how we think that pre-search could provide better results than Google. You know, if Google's got like, a couple of thousand engineers working on something uh, and, and pre-search has a hundred thousand or, you know, uh, a million eventually people that are independently working on this, uh, you could end up with these really niche community packages uh, that, that uh, provide just a, a better uh, interface and user experience than Google. And uh, so, yeah, really, really great just to uh, uh, see people participating. Some of the ones we've, put out calls saying, hey, we need a new uh, flight information packing. The bounty is, you know, 10,000 pre-search tokens. And then, uh, you know, we enable people to basically kind of compete for that. Uh, ultimately, the, the model would be uh, that uh, you could have multiple versions of that. Hey, there's five different flight information packages, all that use, you know, different uh, UIs or different information sources, whatever. Uh, and then you'll be able to set whichever one you want to have as your default. And then whichever one is, is used by use, you know, a fraction of uh, kind of the economic value that you bring into the ecosystem gets channeled out to all those different contributors who are building those, those interfaces and uh, uh, information sets that you're accessing. And uh, so, yeah, it's kind of, you know, still early days compared to where it will eventually go, but it is starting to definitely uh, pick up steam, and it's it's awesome to uh, to see. Pre-search packages. This is absolutely genius. I've been like kind of thinking about how one of my favorite things about you know traditional search engines. You know, one of the things that they did right was creating that little panel. And I think you know Google was yeah. the first to do yeah. it. Um, but 
you know, not having to click into another link to get the information you need. Because a lot of these programs are very, you know, simple programs as far as it goes. And yep. you decentralizing the creation of these programs, I think there's going to be a, a kind of a war to, to create, you know, the plugins. Because um, there's a lot of useful plugins. I already have ideas flowing through my head. You know, it's just uh, you know, yep. taking your input, connecting to whatever APIs you need to get that information. Yep. Um, the thought that I have, if I have developer hours, or maybe, you know, I'll see if anyone wants to build this as an activism um, or an independent news flag. Yes, exactly. Use like an RSS feed, you know, and yep. populate all the latest posts with the nice images like that. I would love to see that. Yes. So, um, if you're out there and you know JavaScript and uh, you, you want to build something that could be, be seen by millions of people, check this out. Pre-search packages. Um, look up pre-search on GitHub. And here's the pre-search packages, as you can see. It's very easy to install. So uh, you know, don't yep. be dissuaded. I'm going to probably make a special post for this. Um, super awesome news. Oh, I'm not even sharing my screen. Yes, pre-search on GitHub, pre-search official on GitHub. Yep. Awesome work, Colin, as always. Um, OK, uh, that takes care of learning. I feel like we learned a ton about pre-search, and uh, I am better for it. And now uh, I just want to bring up a few topics that are uh, stick out to me. Um, this is uh, Google's Jigsaw division, which you know they um, they portray themselves as uh, researchers who are looking into uh, the into protecting people online. It's usually what it is: protection and safety, and also accuracy of information. Um, and they've created a few new techniques to uh, have an intervention, an info intervention. They also made this really uh, big article on conspiracy theories, which uh, which I thought was uh, so. I mean, this is so. I'm so glad that they put this out. I'm gonna probably do a piece yeah. on this, man. And they, their web design is absolutely <laughs> incredible. Good, good for them. Um, but uh, so this Jigsaw group, they've been uh, developing products to uh, help control information online when it comes to sensitive issues like. You talk about health freedom. Um, you could talk about specific yep. conspiracies. And so these products are already being rolled out in India, per se. Um, and so, Colin, I just wanted to you know, get your opinion on some of these. So this is the first one, uh, Accuracy Props. So it looks like reminding individuals to think about accuracy when they might be about to engage with false information. So it looks like they... So they find a piece of content, potential misinformation, and then there's the accuracy prompt, right? This, um, this reminds me of uh, what they're already doing for Facebook. And then nope. they see a little bit of a fact check. <laughs> and now they're prompted to be more aware. Yep. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of that UI pattern, Colin? Oh man, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, and and one of the examples that as you were scrolling there, it was for Judy. It was about the children. It's always think of the children and all these things, right? And you know, it like they've been doing this for for a long time, but now you know they they've been called out, and it's become so obvious that now they they've got to kind of take their moral justification and, and kind of their explanation to the next level. It's no longer just, you know, it was happening behind the scenes and nobody knew. Then with COVID, it started getting so obvious that uh, they, they couldn't deny that it was happening anymore. And so it's it's now just about, you know, justifying it and, and trying to get this moral high ground. But, you know, ultimately all those things, that, you know, a fact checker and, and, you know, is it truth and whatnot? I mean, it, where we've been seeing this deployed is on all the things that ultimately uh, have proven in time to to be like the actual lies and and the the real untruths and uh, you know so it's it's like they they can say whatever they want as far as uh, you know uh, whatever needs to be said to justify it but uh, the the kind of proof does ultimately uh come out in time and what we've seen like with covid and a lot of these health narratives and everything else it's like man they they just were lying through their teeth through their teeth constantly uh throughout that entire campaign trying to make it as as 
fearful as possible and trying to exaggerate all the uh, impacts and trying to downplay all the you know remedies that were available so that they could steer people into this direction that they wanted them to go to, which was, oh, you know, vaccines. Okay, well, why vaccines? Well, it's another control layer. And then that can uh, tie in with the vaccine passport and the social credit system and the Chinese style, uh, you know, control model. And, and like, it, it got so obvious now. And, and, you know, over time, like they just they couldn't pull off the scam to the level that that I think they thought they were going to. I think I think honestly, like one of the best things that happened is that they did get just cocky and complacent and and they thought, hey, this is our, our window of opportunity. And I think they overplayed their hand. And because of that, I, I'm hoping in the long term that that it it's gonna, you know, cause enough people to wake up and and for us to call BS on them enough and uh, uh, hopefully derail their plans, uh, which they've been working on for, for a long time. And like, you can see all this stuff as you, you know, entertain that, Hey, maybe those conspiracy theories aren't actual, you know, uh, just, just paranoid conspiracy theories. Maybe they actually make more sense than the truth that uh, is being spun. Oh yeah. it's certainly nine 11 truthers. Yes. One of my it's, favorite uh, things yeah elements of their page like you said they're they're reaching and they're trying so hard they've got oh. they've got no other chance but they spent you know they put they put so much work into this so what's your guess colin how many people think uh percentage of americans think that the u.s government were involved in the uh the, the attacks oh man I, I i think it's over it's over 50 percent is my guess uh in okay, in re, in real life, uh, now what what they're gonna say? It's gonna be like, oh yeah, ninety. You know, they up here in Canada, ninety six percent of people have taken the vaccine. It's like, dude, like you can't get ninety six percent of friggin' anything. Like it's it's impossible to to get that type of penetration on anything, and and so you know they they make up numbers to either make it seem like everybody's on their side or to make it seem like everybody's not on your side. And so, yeah, let's see, what's their magic number? So we have a guess for the actual number and we have a guess for what we think they're going to say. Which <laughs> yeah, <better>. exactly. <laughs> 13? Oh, 13? Yeah, that's 13, hilarious. 13%. You don't worry about those 13%, y'all. That's um, right. Oh, man, it's 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 so funny. Like, you know, I, I was cooped up in Canada for, for two years with all the, the COVID BS. So I'm finally, you know, I'm 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 in the U.S. right now. I'm in Florida currently, but I've uh, been, you know, driving around in the RV. And it's like amazing how many people we run into that that are like, you know, honestly, they've been fully red pilled and uh, they're, they're just they're normal people. They're not, you know, uh, people that are, are you know, uh, making this like their life's work or journey or anything it's like just in the course of life they've uncovered that oh yeah it's all bs and uh it's 13 percent it, is laughable honestly it's they use these tech bubbles so that when we're alone at home and we go out yes information they try and make us feel alone but all we have to do is step outside of yes. our doors and uh, hopefully onto platforms like research, and you know now just talking about you and being in the space and being like making yep. all these ideas go through my head with the pre-search yep. packages, like a COVID news package. Yes. I know some people would be interested in that. And now that'd be awesome. You know, now imagine going to your next door neighbor and having these important conversations and actually having a place for them to be pointed to. That's yeah, go right. Go to research.com and search COVID news because you're not going to find this on that's right awesome. love it man and, um, yeah this is uh i guess we'll end with one more of these uh these surveys because I, I actually think they're pretty fun all right oh <laughs> new world order sfa <laughs> like it's unbelievable man that they have felt the need to you know wow they've got the, they've got the ufo pointing down yes so, like the ufos aliens are involved so percentage of people <laughs> There's a single group of people who secretly control events and rule the world together. Nah, nah. I don't think there would be anyone like this. Probably, no. probably like. What do you say, Colin? Like. Uh, I, I, I think yeah, they're gonna 
come in somewhere around uh they hey maybe they'll they'll all be 13 percent. you know it's it's an unlucky number they're gonna try to make it seem even less lucky 19. oh 19 wow. dang okay so people yeah. are waking up to this new world order which is uh, yeah, doesn't actually right. exist according to jigsaw <laughs> all right these things Hilarious. don't just happen i wonder how did we get here i really i really don't know <laughs> Yeah, we must all be um, we must all be suffering from COVID isolationism. That's hey, right. Well, being you know um, talking with amazing technologists such as yourself and seeing the growth of projects like TreeSearch has just been so inspirational. It's giving me hope in the future. I can't wait to contribute to TreeSearch, um, get other software developers involved. And yeah, I just want to thank you again for all the hard work you're putting in. Um, anything else you wanted to mention? Yeah, man. Same, same to you. Honestly, everything that you've been doing with with Greater Reset and with Above Phone, which I hope everybody checks out, and uh, uh, it's it's you know that is is ultimately one of the big needs that we that we really have is having this uh, you know mobile phone environment that utilizes all these different alternatives because the way that everything's so integrated within the iOS and the Android environments. I mean, that's what makes it challenging for things like pre-search to really get traction because they've just, you know, locked it down and, you know, made it so that uh, big tech is is the default. And uh, you guys have, uh, with, with Above Phone, made pre-search default, which is, is amazing. And uh, there's just so many opportunities to uh, leverage that platform and to, uh, you know, uh, take... Your attention elsewhere and and not use big tech. So yeah, man, uh, keep up the great work on your end as well. And uh, thanks for everything that you guys are doing. Honestly, thank you, brother. Yeah, thanks for all the support. Um, I just want to give a quick message to the audience, just uh, getting you guys involved. Colin mentioned the Presearch app. You can download that directly off of uh, Presearch.com. You know, you know where it is exactly. Yep, like, uh, Presearch.com slash app. Slash app. Yep. Pre-search, so that's presearch.com slash app. We'll have that link in the show notes. Definitely get it onto your device. Um, start using pre-search today. Set it as your home screen. Do what you need to do. You can set it as your default browser. Um, and for all of you at home, now you have a new way to gather your information. So, you know, uh, I hope you all have, are inspired by this conversation. And uh, I'm wishing you... Much love to you and all your travels. Stay happy, be free, be healthy, and uh, always remember our connection is sacred. Till next time. Thanks, Ramiro.